You are now tuned in to the Decoding Success Podcast, where we reveal game-changing habits, formulas, and routines from the world's most successful individuals to help you think and live larger. What is going on? You are tuned into episode 30 of the Decoding Success Podcast with your host, Matt Labrie. Today, I am so excited to bring you an absolute living legend. We are joined by none other than Brandon Steiner, the founder and chairman of Steiner Sports Marketing and Memorabilia, which is the largest company of its kind in America. Considered a sports marketing guru, Brandon built Steiner Sports from a one-room office, 4000 bucks, and a single Mac computer in 1987 to a $50 million company today. Today. Brandon is a permanent fixture in the media as a regular on ESPN New York Radio and as a host of the Emmy-nominated The Hookup with Brandon Steiner on Yes Network. Brandon has appeared frequently on CNBC, CNN, MSNBC, ESPN, and in newspapers including the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. Brandon is the author of three amazing books, The Business Playbook, You Gotta Have Balls, and my favorite, Living on Purpose. Brandon devotes time to support several charities including Family Service of Westchester, an organization that helps provide quality social and mental health services. His latest venture is a show called Project X, hosted by himself, which gives aspiring entrepreneurs the opportunity to gain business advice from Brandon and several celebrity guests. Brandon graciously hopped on our show, the Decoding Success Podcast, to have his continued success decoded and to provide us all with insights from his life experiences. Before we hop into that, I want to help provide you with even more value and fill you in on a deal with our partner Audible. There is nothing like being able to give the gift of education, so I am so thrilled to let you know that I am giving you a free audiobook of your choice for listening today. To claim it, there are no strings attached. Just head over to audibletrial.com forward slash decoding success. It's as simple as that. And without further ado, let's hop into today's episode with the living legend, Brandon Steiner. Brandon, thank you for joining us. I am most definitely excited to have the honor to decode your success today. Well, thanks for having me. Great to be with you. And uh, let's rock and roll. Let's go. Let's do it. First question straight off the bat. I need to know, how do you define success? Success to me is simple. I think, it's, I think a lot of people don't give themselves enough credit for, for the success they have. I mean, I think there's a lot of successful people out there. Uh, and success is, you know, definitely accomplishing some goals and, and acquiring some expertise and, and being good at something. I think success could be categorized in family, faith, fortune, um, friends. I mean, you know, so you could be successful in a lot of categories. I think sometimes the category of financial success seems to trump everything else. But I look at success in a bunch of different categories. And, and success is just one stop along the road. I, I mean, and I'm always surprised at why people stop at success is the bigger question. And, you know, significance and, and trying to get to extraordinary, I think, is a more interesting and deeper, harder place to go, you know, to be an extraordinary spouse, to be an extraordinary friend, or to just be extraordinary. And the best ever was at the business you decided to go into, to be the best player at the sport you ever played at, you know, play in. You know, those are things that take a much bigger effort than just trying to get to successful. A big part of success is providing value, and value is what you can do for others that they can't do for themselves. So usually successful people provide a lot of value. Extraordinary people not only provide value, but find value, increase value, even in areas where nobody else could see it. And they're not willing to stop until they find it. And every yeah. now and then you stumble upon those kind of people. And it's, it's a lot of fun to watch them roll. 
I mean, I could definitely resonate with a lot of the categories that you mentioned from family and faith and, you know, forget, forget the financial success, but I'm curious now, how do you find yourself becoming that extraordinary individual in, in your respective field or, or whatever the case is? Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's not easy. Uh, but you know, I, I think the most important thing, if you want to pass, if you want to pass up success and you want to get the significance and you want to be extraordinary, you first of all have to understand who the best, what the best looks like. I mean, you have to get your arms around that and, and, and you've got to be able to be committed to doing everything and anything to at least catch up with who the best is before you can beat them. But I think one of the things that's is probably the answer you're looking for to this question, which is to really surpass success. Because I always wonder why, why do people just stop at success and why don't they just hit the, you know, hit the gas pedal and go even faster and go even deeper. And it's mostly because of their past. A lot of people are carrying so much negative or disappointments or just things and, and it just weighs you down after a while. And when you get to that crossroads, you, you're kind of worn down as opposed to as excited at 50 or 40 when you hit these pinnacles as you were when you were 20. So the real goal to get to extraordinary is to have the same kind of energy and mental stamina, physical stamina, spiritual stamina you had when you're 20, 25, when your eyes were wide open and you were willing to do whatever it took. The question is, can you maintain that kind of mindset even when you hit 30, 40, when you're doing something for 20, 25 years and keep reset, hit, keep hitting the reset button and not be satisfied? And uh, it takes a lot of energy. I think it's a very underestimated, the, the, the mental stamina, but the energy level uh, as you get older is critical that you're able to maintain and, and, and the health part of it is, is a key factor too, which most people discount and they're just looking at their P&Ls and line items. But you need to look at all those things because when you're effective and you're healthy and your family, you're good. I mean, those are things that really, they empower you and, and they strengthen you to even go further. And, and that, that's not everything. I mean, you've got to be able to go into the market if you want to be extraordinary in what you're doing. And really look deeply into and see what's missing, what else, and then be not be willing to do whatever it takes to go figure out what your customer wants above and beyond what you've already given them. And it's not easy. I mean, but you got to be willing to make that fight and dig your heels in to go get it. Totally. Yeah, no, that's great advice right there. Now, you just brought up something that I want to touch on. You brought up the past, right? Now, I, listen, I'm a huge fan of yours. I've read up about you. I've read your books. I've, you know, done my research and all of that. Now, I understand your family's upbringing was in, you know, Flatbush, Brooklyn. So my question right here is, what's your advice for anyone making the excuse or not having the ability to see the light at the end of the tunnel in regard to the conditions they were either born into or were created by their own mistakes well you know sometimes you got to take you know mistakes and disappointment a lot of times come from expectations that were you know you, you met you set your expectations up and then there's what you know there's what you thought you deserved and what you thought could happen and then then there's what life gives you and that gap is disappointment and and I think you got to take your uh, expectations and turn them into appreciations and a lot of times you're losing or your adversity can really be your advantage because we all know we've all gotten stronger when you face adversity or, or when you get, you know, you take your lumps. I think the cap, you know, to really sum up what I really feel about your question, which is most people think losing is the opposite of winning. I think losing is a huge part of winning. And if you're not prepared to lose, that means you're not trying to win hard enough because there, there's always going to be some losing that comes with winning. And as you start winning a lot more, the losing does increase too. And you got to have the confidence and strategies to fight through those things, deal with the lessons that come with them, and be able to keep fighting. And 
it's hard. And that's why you see a lot of people that have reached some high level of success stop because there is a higher amount of losing that comes with it. And it, it, it takes a lot out of you because it's painful when you lose, especially when you're competitive. Nobody wants to lose. You know, you, you go to, you win a couple of championships, but you know, you lose a couple of championships along the way too. And those losses are painful when you, you work an entire year or a season and things don't work out. It's all part of, you know, it's all parts of, you know, I always say, well, the grains of sand is what equals the beach. And it's all part of it. You know, losing is not the opposite of winning. It's a huge part of it. And if you want to win big, you need to prepare to win. You need, you need to prepare to lose bigger too. No, that's, that's great advice right there. Now, I want to transition into a later part of your journey. You know, you started out in the hospitality industry and now you're literally the most influential figure in sports memorabilia. So, my question to you is, what triggered the change? It was simple. I mean, I, I was young at the time. I had a great restaurant and hotel career going. I just, you know, I had a, a moment of clarity where I wasn't, I wasn't easily able to go to the next level that I wanted to go, which was I wanted to. I was trying to raise capital and I was struggling to do it. I was just about to get married, found the love of my life, and I, I wasn't feeling the balance. And I'm not a work-life balance guy, by the way, but I was, I was feeling like I was about to get into an industry that was going to suck me up. I wasn't feeling the, the kind of family that I wanted to have and, and some of the things I wanted to do wasn't going to be, wasn't cooperating with the restaurant hotel business. It was so labor intensive. I wasn't afraid of the work, but I was afraid that I wasn't going to be able to be the kind of person I wanted to be uh, as my career grew because I already was failing at it miserably in the su small success that I had already, you know, and some of the things I'd done. So I had that aha moment, you know, and, you know, you got to listen to yourself when you have them. Because, you know, the, the world does, will scream out, will send you the signals a lot of times of what to do. I think a lot of us know what to do when we get these signals for, for different reasons with friends, family, health, spiritual, business. You, you got to listen. And in that particular time, I felt like I had a great run. I really love the restaurant business. I, I mean, it's, I could go in right now and run a restaurant, get in the kitchen, give a speech right now to a restaurant staff would be right on the money. I don't miss it enough to want to be in it. <laughs> yeah, so it's a transition, and and uh, and it wasn't like I had some bigger master plan. I didn't. Um, I, I just felt like it was. I had some other opportunities that maybe I would try and maybe get out of the day to day restaurant hotel business. And I'm glad I did it. Although I do miss it. I'm curious, you know, for for someone listening that might have had that aha moment or that epiphany moment. Now. You know, you talk about trusting yourself and listening to your gut and things of that nature, but it comes down to actually putting that into action, right? And having the courage to to do it. So how did you find yourself mustering up that courage? I didn't really. I mean, I I, I, I don't know if I had the courage that you're, you're talking about, but I certainly had the faith that I knew that, you know, I could, I, I don't know if the situation I was about to get into was going to work, but I know I'd be all right. And I think it's important to know that, you know, your situations are different than you. You know, sometimes situations don't always work out, but it doesn't mean that you're, it doesn't, have, it doesn't mean you're not a good person. You're not all right. So, you know, at the time I married a, a woman that was successful, had a very good career going, um, and she gave me the support to, to go and try some things. And that's the most important thing is like, you know, you dream big, you try some things, but don't get stuck on stupid, SOS. Don't be stuck on stupid. So, you know, when I started Steiner, yeah, I was listening to my gut, but I was also realizing that a whole bunch of things that I did at the beginning of Steiner was not that good. It was okay. Some things worked a little better than others. A lot more things didn't work too well at all. And I just kept moving. You know, I mean, my goal when I started Steiner was just to stay open for four years. So enough people would know that I even had a business and I was open for business. And I wasn't too focused necessarily on profit necessarily as much as I was in getting relationships built 
and figure out what the market needed me to do and how I could basically add value from a promotional marketing standpoint. So I was just trying to search that out and I found, you know, the mat, the athlete marketing business to be a good startup. Um, I did some certain events, which I'm really excited about. I still have those, those two divisions now at Steiner. And then, you know, about eight, it wasn't until eight years later, seven years later that I started Steiner Collectibles. You know, Steiner is still here today. It's, it's super prominent. I mean, I'm, I'm a frequent visitor of the store and, you know, I love everything that you're doing. So you've literally become one of the most innovative entrepreneurs of our time. And I want to talk to you about that. How or... Let me just paint the picture for the people that are listening. First of all, you have literally sold dirt, which is mind-blowing to me. And it's such a brilliant idea. It's literally amazing. How did you find yourself coming up with ideas like this? You know, it just, it just comes from listening and, and watching and being aware. And I'm at the stadium and just thinking, like, what else could I do there? You know, it's such a popular stadium, Yankee Stadium or Fenway or some of these real cool ballparks. And I noticed a lot of people were grabbing the dirt. And I thought it'd be a cool thing to be able to bottle it up and sell it and then use it in a whole bunch of different ways. Um, you know, I try to, I try to look at everything. And, and I think the key is to answer your question, because I'm, I'm not sure everybody's going to be going to a, has a Yankee stadium to deal with or some of the players I get to work with, but whatever it is you're doing out there, one of the keys to your first idea is not your best idea. And the second thing, if you really want to, really see things clearly. You got to step outside yourself and see yourself. And it's a hard thing to do. Most people, I mean, I, I have no problem going through self-analysis I mean, and realizing that, you know, maybe I'm not as good a friend as I should be or Brandon, that's not that good an idea. Or Brandon, you got to really start thinking about not only what you're doing, but what are you missing here? and What else, what, what, what else is going on? And a good way to do that is by asking your customers a lot of questions, especially in this day and age where so much is online and on the internet and through social media and everything else, you know, your conversations with customers is definitely in direct conversations. I mean, uh, where you have people an opportunity just to talk and you have an opportunity to listen is definitely less now than ever. So you got to get out at trade shows and out to stores where your, your products may be being sold and really ask a lot of questions and use your um, mindset. And then you need to imagine this. Something, so I'd say step outside yourself to see yourself It's like, go to a store and act like a customer, not like the owner of your company. And see what it's like to use your product and see what it's like to be a, a shopper or, or somebody who's looking for a certain service that you, tend, you, you say you're providing. So, you know, I'll give you an example. Like yesterday I was at a class I was speaking and I asked, they were talking about brand building. And I said to the kids, I said, if you guys were a hotel and your brand was a hotel, your personal brand was a hotel, what hotel would you be? So this one kid gets up and says, I'd like to be the Four Seasons. I'm like, really? Because you dress like crap. You look like crap. You got some computer, all these crazy stickers on. You don't look like the Four Seasons to me. So what is that <laughs> in your mind thinks that you compare yourself to the Four Seasons? So it's like one thing to want a brand and one thing to want a product that's successful, but you got to get underneath the hood and understand what that product represents and how it connects with the most important thing, which is your customers. And the more you can understand that relationship and get in your customer's shoes, hopefully that answers your question because that's how you get to these crazy next ideas or creative ideas or entrepreneur ideas is you understand the market, understand who your customer is and what it's like to be your customer. You know, try to get a picture of maybe what's something that's missing. That definitely paints the picture perfectly. Now, I, I want to talk about one of my favorite books, which is, which is your book, Living on Purpose. Yeah. You know, in that book, you talk about 
you know, why, you know, having your why, which can get you through any how. So my question to you is, you know, what's your advice for people to, to help identify their why, you know, someone that doesn't necessarily know what it is or is questioning it, you know, what's your advice to help developing that and and actually formulating that idea? Well, I wouldn't panic about it. And uh, I think the first thing, which I talk a lot about in the book is, you know, find, you know, dream big, you know, just get into dreaming mode and, and make yourself Give yourself some time just to think. Do not make a living. Do not get caught up in making a living to support your needs. You know, try to as hard as you can to make a living and keep your for your hopes and dreams. You know, that, you know, you, you, you know, a lot of people get caught up making a living so they can support their needs and, and their day to day living expenses. And and you need to make a living that supports your hopes and dreams. And if you're not, then you really need to take a lot more time to dream big. And, and really think a lot about ultimately what you want to do and the kind of things you want to do. And this is not a one-day exercise. It may take you a while. It's okay to, you know, have a purpose for a money grab. It's, I think there's a lot of, I think you need to develop a lot of whys and a lot of purposes. But if you're at work and you love your job, you should sit down and write down on a piece of paper all the reasons why you love that job. So one day if your boss pisses you off or customer gives you a hard time, you'll have all the reasons why you love that job and you remember it. And you won't be so quick to leave it. I highly recommend you doing that with your spouse and with all your, a lot of your important relationships. And that's a great way to kind of compound your purpose. But when you want to start and create purpose, in my mind, I think it starts with a big dream. And a lot of people are looking for passion. I'm, I'm a big dreamer. And I think that's what gives me the impetus to come up with a lot of purposes because I just dream a lot. I'm a big daydreamer. And I always give myself some time to dream. And you know, dreaming is free. It's not a young person's thing. It's not an old person's thing. It's it's not discriminatory to anyone. And there's no reason not to work some dreaming into your day to day diet. That that's literally great actionable advice to be able to find your why. So I'm definitely simple. To be, keep it simple. Sure you know? if, if your purpose is a small little money grab because you know you want to go on some trip or you want to buy a nicer car, that's cool. Yeah, you know, any any purpose, you know, and and acting on that purpose, uh, which will you know get you committed and if you'll find some passion around it. That's cool. I mean. Ultimately, you want to find, you know, a big purpose and, and a really meaningful purpose. But it, it comes, a lot of times it comes from small purposes that get combined or an individual purpose that you're just playing out becomes a, a, a big play. So that's how it's worked out for me. I think that, you know, dreaming big will lead you to, you know, thinking about something really hard and wanting to do something really intently. And it'll get you to commitment. And then once you're committed and have purpose, you'll find yourself extremely passionate about going after it. And then all of a sudden it may spark a core to, you know, give you even a, a, a new purpose and a greater purpose in the same uh, family. Don't yeah. be afraid to dream big and don't make, make sure you have plenty of time to do it. And you know, that, that, that shouldn't be a uh, d- democracy about everybody thinking about what they think about your dreams because, and by the way, just because you drop something big doesn't mean it's going to work either. So again, you know, nothing wrong with sampling your dream and trying it. Uh, and and just, you don't have to get into the deep end of the pool just because you dreamt it. You know, I would say dream big, sample small, and then fail quick. You know, so uh, I'm a big sampler of a lot of my dreams. I dream about a lot of stuff, and unfortunately, some of my ideas suck. So I, I, I try to sample a lot of them because sometimes my dreams do get carried away. So I sample them, and then the you know the, the results are the results, and you got to sometimes realize that not all dreams are meant to be taken to the end of the world. But I think you'd be bummed out when you get to the end of your end of your time and you didn't act on some of your dreams. It would be a little bit of a bummer. 
A hundred percent. Now I wrap this show up with two questions that I always ask. The first being, what was a piece of advice that you've been given that you didn't want to hear at the time it was given to you, but it proved to be true over the long run? Well, the, the most important advice I got, you know, when I had my paper out and, my, and, and nobody was getting the paper from me, I was trying to grow the route. And I went home and my mother said, I said, mom, I don't know. I can't get these people to buy the paper from me. And my mother told me, stop, sir. Stop selling. Stop. Stop selling. Start serving. Start solving. Different Differentiate yourself. Those are the key ingredients to selling and growing your business. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I think when you solve a problem and serve people, that's the underlying, not only the underlying tone to sell, but it's the underlying tone to ultimately doing anything on a high level. That's great advice. I, I think that, that is literally some actionable advice for a lot of people that listen to the show, you know, switching that mindset. Stop. Just stop. I mean, you know, be a problem solver figure out how you can help people, how you can serve people. Nobody's getting rid of people that help them solve problems or people that help them serve, that are, that are serving them. Nobody's getting yeah. rid of those people. And those are, that's how you keep relationships and people providing that kind of value for a long, long time. For sure. Um, I think the other thing is, you know, I learned, um, and there's a video on my, if you get my blog on BradenSign.com, but I did a video, you just look at, you can Google it on YouTube uh, about the tomato soup story, but it was from Alzie Jackson, who was a mentor of mine. And basically one day I, I messed up and I burnt up the tomato soup and I, I didn't want to serve it. I told him we didn't need it. And it, the big lesson there is, hey, we end up making tomato soup for a camp of 500 kids in less than about 40 minutes. And I said, what's well, a big deal? It's 100 degrees out. These kids aren't going to mess the soup. And he said, Brandon, when you promise you're going to deliver something, you got to deliver it. And when you don't, then people are never going to know whether they encounter on you or not. And a big part of people trusting you, liking you, want to work with you is your consistency over time and delivering what you say. You deliver what you say and you do what you say, regardless of the inconvenience, and people will trust you, they'll want to do business with you for a long time. Don't disrespect the fact that when you make a promise and not keeping it, you know, respect it. When you make a promise, keep it, even if it's a small one. No, I, I definitely agree with you there. That's great yeah. stuff. Now, let me wrap it up with this one last question. I want to respect your time. If you could give a success-driven individual a piece of advice to help them achieve their definition of success, what would that be? I would say don't let success be a deterrent for more success. You know, you don't want to get in the, in the mantra of feeling good or, or feeling good about yourself when it comes to business. Um, there's always another what's next. Your first idea is not your best idea. Matter of fact, if you've had a good idea and you've had some success, those are the people I worry about the most because usually that success, 99% of the time, can be taken further. So stop looking for the next idea. And go back and look at the idea you already created and done well with and see if you can go further with it. And you'd be surprised how often you can go from a successful idea to an extraordinary idea with that kind of mindset. That's great stuff. That's great stuff. Brandon, I just want to say thank you again for taking the time out of your day and adding value on the show. Where can people keep up with you on social media? I know you just mentioned your blog, which is a great place to check you out. I, I love the content you put out there, whether it's on relationships or health or business or motivation. It's all great stuff. But if someone wants to find you on social, where could they check you out? You know, I'm, I'm obviously the Facebook. We do a lot of lives. A lot of our platforms are live and I have the pods and the, and the blogs and everything, which is on Facebook or brandonsteiner.com. All the books are on Amazon and all the books are on brandonsteiner.com if you want them autographed. And then I'm a big LinkedIn guy. I mean, I'm at the max on the follow on the connections, but you can follow me and I do answer all the messages I get on, on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn and it's a good way to interact with people. So I'm on all the socials, though. I enjoy the socials, love hearing from people, and I try to respond whenever I can. And I do a lot of lives where you can ask me questions, and hopefully I'm able to add some insight and value. That's great stuff. Again, Brandon, thank you so much for your time today. I truly do appreciate it.
Great, great. Have a good day, man. Thanks for having me. You as well. And there you have it from the legend Brandon Steiner himself. I am so thrilled to have had the privilege of interviewing and amplifying the message of Brandon because he drops so much insight from his personal experiences that will really help all of us continuously strive to achieve our definitions of success. And you want to know what one thing or two things actually that really stood out to me that Brandon talked about was what comes after success. And another thing was changing your expectations to appreciations. When those two mindset shifts happen, that is when the magic occurs in your life. And I am so thrilled that he was able to share all of that with us today. So listen, one thing that I'm going to ask of you is share this with someone that you feel could use it, right? He drops so much info, so much insight, so much value that it's amazing to be able to share it. Like, I can't tell you how great I feel to be able to share someone else's message every single time I interview them. It's just an amazing feeling to be able to add value to people's lives. So by you texting this to someone or by you posting this on social media, whether it's on your Instagram story or your feed or on Twitter or whatever the case is, you are adding value to people's lives. And that is an absolute priceless feeling to be able to have. So with that said, feel free to share this all over your social media. Listen, tag me, my Instagram, my Twitter at M-A-T-T underscore L-E-B-R-I-S. You know where to find me on LinkedIn and Facebook. It is just Matt Labrie. By all means, it would be amazing to share, share, share. And with that said, listen, if you haven't left a review and if you've tuned in multiple times or if you haven't rated the show yet, that would mean the absolute world to me because we'll continuously be able to get amazing individuals just like Brandon to hop on the show when we have those numbers and those stats that really show the people that, hey, this is what's happening over here. You need to be a part of it. So by all means, that would mean the absolute world to me if you could do that. In the meantime, until next time, be blessed. Peace.